The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, everybody. It's Kat Sadler, and this is It Sure Is a Beautiful Day. I've spent decades in TV broadcasting and conducted hundreds, if not thousands, of interviews in the span of my career. And on this show, the conversations continue. My goal is that every episode feels entirely brand new, but also like coming home. Let's get into it. I am so excited to have the beautiful Iskra Lawrence across from us at the table today. You are so many, many things. Not that I love labels, but you are many (laughs) hyphenates. I mean, you are a model. You are an entrepreneur. You have founded Saltaire. You've got a new business. You are a champion for women. You are a mother. All (laughs) of the things. And just watching you and learning you from afar, I know Kate and I were just so stoked to get to you in real life because you speak to all the things that we care so very much Mm -hmm. about. And I know our listeners are so passionate about. So welcome to It Sure Is A Beautiful Day. I am so happy to be here. I already feel uplifted by you both. So thank you for that energy. And it's a beautiful sunny day here in LA. So (laughs) I know. And and sometimes we like to ask people at the very beginning, just how are you? Because just a check-in, you know, you are safe in this space. Like, how are you really feeling today? What's going on? You are right. LA is showing off once again. It's very, very pretty (laughs) here. And it's very nice out. How are you doing? I feel rejuvenated. I had a tough time the beginning of the week. And even just like last week, feeling very overwhelmed, feeling like there was all these wonderful opportunities that came post-COVID. Now things are kind of getting back to normal. And I was like, yes, yes, yes picking them all up and then wait have I taken on too much and you know my toddler got sick and we all had COVID and it all kind of happened at once the salt hair launch actually happened as we got COVID like the whole family so I don't know I I was feeling very overwhelmed I was wondering like am I going to be able to balance doing all the things and I don't know I've come here to LA I felt super productive it was really rejuvenating and it was like I can I just have to not worry about the what ifs. Because, you know, it's always that choice, right? I can choose today to feel overwhelmed and I will and I'll acknowledge that and accept it. Then I'll just let it flow and move on to all the other things that I'm feeling that are positive and try and focus on that instead. So much of your, I mean, that kind of affirmation you even just mentioned has served you, not just in Mm. your life, but, and I'm sure in your family, but in your career and how you've come up. So I would love to just like set the stage a little bit to your modeling career in those early days. I mean, you started young. Mm. You started really young. Did you always have this kind of outlook like you're sharing with us now? Or were you like a completely different version of yourself then who was probably plagued with all the things many of us are, you know, the struggles of just being a teen girl? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I remember being 12 and already being very highly driven, even though I came from, you know, the middle of nowhere in Kidderminster, not having the tools, the resources or the access. So I knew I had to get out by a very young age. And so I saw an opportunity to enter a modeling competition in London. 
And so I begged my mom to take these pictures. And here I am, 12 and a half, splayed up against, the, you know, the cabinet tree, getting her to put a fan in my face. And I was five foot nine by that age and super slim. And, you know, I was a swimmer at the time. So I actually got down to the finalist and was scouted by Sarah Dukehouse, who scouted Kate Moss. And it was a really exciting opportunity. I got signed by a top agency, but I was only 13 at this point. So I was put on, you know, models to watch. And they monitored my progress. And when you say progress, they were monitoring my weight and my size. Yes. Like actually. Like actually constantly measuring me and going to shoots and just seeing like, has she got potential? It was always about potential, right? Could they mold you? But it turned out that as my hips came in when I hit puberty, I wasn't moldable anymore. You know, I was now too commercial. I was now too curvy. I was now too womanly, all of these things. And so by the age of 14, 15, when they let me go and they said, well, you know, there's a bunch of other agencies you can try. I went to 11 because again, I'm very driven. Mm -hmm. I don't want to give up. All of them rejected me. So I now believe that there is something wrong with my body. There's something wrong with my size, which is why I can't achieve these goals. I had a taste for it and I was so close. Mm -hmm. So I was very driven. I was like, well, I have to somehow get thin, as thin as possible. I have to look like these successful models. And that's how my body dysmorphia and eating disorder began. Because I was essentially a, a US two to four and I was being told that I was too big. That's a real head fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, I know yeah. what you're here. Like, yeah. So um, I just tried everything that was not healthy, obviously. And that took many, many years away from being able to just enjoy myself and feel like a free teenager. I didn't know. I was definitely undiagnosed. I had no resources or tools to tell me this is what I was going through. I just felt like a normal teenager who hated the way they looked, which just feels like the normal thing. And you're talking to your friends and you're all trying this diet or that diet. And it wasn't until, you know, I fuse it into that, that someone said, do you know there's something called plus size modeling? I was like, no, what's that? And they said, look, look at these beautiful models in the US. And then I saw, you know, the Vogue Italia of Candice Huffine. And I was just like, wait, is there another way to go about this? So I applied to some plus size agencies and they said I was too small. <gasps> oh. and I was like, wait, what? They were like, yeah, you would need to gain weight for us to sign you. I was like, what? I was like, no, 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 I'm done. I've wasted this many years trying to change myself to fit your ideals. Now I'm going to change the industry the system the system's broken whoa I mean how old were you at that point I was now 17 18 okay but even at that age to have the awareness to go "Uh uh-uh no more I'm not going to be put into anybody else's box and by the way while I'm at it I'm going to make some change I mean (laughs) how did that kind of dawn on you or Mm. what what was that awakening like so I I very, very quickly realized as a model, my job was to sell product. And I knew that who you're selling product to? People look look like me. So I was cold calling my local supermarkets, stores, any brands that I could get a connection to. And I was pitching them the fact that I look like the people you're trying to sell to. You should hire me. Go direct. I'll be cheaper. (laughs) This is terrible. Under, you know, undercut agencies because obviously I didn't have to you know, the overheads or whatever. So, you know, I basically hustled my way into working for brands and doing shoots by being affordable, by being different. And my theory was if I was the only model at this size and if I could create 
you know, the desire and the understanding that why not have multiple models of different sizes? I can be the middle girl. You know, mm. you can have your sample size. Maybe you want a plus size model. But what about in the middle? So I really pitched myself hard to a lot of lingerie and swimwear brands that wanted different cup sizes. And I really kind of found my niche in there as like this D cup model. So they had their B cup, their D cup, and then, you know, a G or a H cup. And um, I started to get all these clients and I was able to go back to the agency that rejected me for not being big enough and say, hey, I'll bring you these clients. You can take 20% if you just sign me. So they were like, oh, free commission. Why not? And I said, but you have to believe that there is space for me in this industry and we have to work together to create that space. So you need to pitch me to brands that currently aren't using girls my size and just see and try. What's the harm in doing it? Maybe they think they want a girl that's a US two. Then they might see me and be like, oh, actually, that could work for us. So I just was like, you just need to get me in the door and I promise you, I will be able to convince these brands that this is a great opportunity for them. And then I was very lucky because Jag Models in New York, who represented some amazing girls and really blew up a lot of the careers of those plus size girls that were at Ford when Ford closed their plus size division, moved to Jag, and they were scouting in London. I was like, I need to meet them. And I got to meet them. I told them my story and they were like, we've never heard anyone <laughs> fight so hard to get in the door. We would love to take a chance on you because we love, you know, just the hustle you have. So I got myself to New York and I knew that that was my opportunity. I knew I had to get out of the UK because there's just so much more here and mm. people's mindsets being very open. I just had this chance. I took it. And then within six months, I had my first airy casting. And Airy was my dream brand to collaborate with because of their work that they were doing in the retouching space mm -hmm. was everything that I also agreed with. Having had an eating disorder, having had images heavily retouched and knowing the damage it did to myself, understanding if I feel like that looking at a picture of myself, imagine some other young teenage girl looking at pictures of me and thinking, oh my goodness, how can I ever look like her? I couldn't even look like her and it's me. So mm. I met with Airy and I was like, I'm obsessed with you please, I need to make this happen. We had this really funny casting where it was like, tell us your favorite body part. And I said, oh, it's my toes. They're kind of webbed. And you know, most other models must have said, oh, I like my eyes because da, da, da. And I was like, my webbed toes. And I showed my feet and it was just silly. And yeah, I had a one day shoot with Airy. Same thing. I was like, that can't be it. I was their curviest girl at that point to shoot with them. And I was like, no. So I started obviously wearing the clothes, loved the clothes, going and doing store events off my own back, just doing meet and greets. And at the same time, social media was becoming a thing, even though my agents had told me, you don't need to do social media because you're a model. You're already working. You don't need to do it. I was like, no, no, no. I want to do this. I feel like it gives me a way to connect to people and tell a story. So I told my story about being a model, never fitting in and how that relates to everybody regardless of if you're a model or not you have at some point felt not enough told that story created you know images and created this a movement and a community and then with airy we really built and grew together and that was seven years you know and it enabled me to get to this point now where I've learned so much that I was like it's time to do my own brand you know and Soltaire for me as a body care brand I can touch everybody with that everyone uses body wash Everyone spends those moments every day trying to look after themselves. How do we make that moment filled with love, filled with self-care, 
filled with excitement. You know, the products are gorgeous. They take you to a different place. So that's really how we got to today. <laughs> oh my gosh, that journey is juicy, baby. Yeah. <laughs> this girl, like there's so much to unpack from everything you just said. And But I will start with, I can attest, Saltair, the products are yummy. Thank and you. they are beautiful and it is an experience. And mm-hmm. you lather up and it's like one of those rituals people can mm-hmm. have every day. I mean, but for $12, you know, that was yeah. the thing. I was like, I talk about inclusive inclusivity mm-hmm. if I'm going to have a brand it's hard to be fully size inclusive it's hard to do all the things but with body wash if we can make it affordable and accessible yeah. you know it feels like a special way to touch people every day good for you all right guys back in a minute I've got an idea. Enjoy your greens while being green. Green Chef is the most sustainable meal kit, offsetting 100% of their plastic packaging in every box and 100% of their carbon footprint and emissions. Its pre-proportioned ingredients mean you're actually reducing your food waste by at least 25% compared to grocery shopping. First of all, I love Green Chef because, yes, it comes to my door. It makes eating well easy. It's got plans to fit every single lifestyle. The produce is fresh. There are premium proteins, organic ingredients you can trust. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. And speaking of eating well... This is March and the Oscars are back. The red carpet is back and your girl is going to be there interviewing a lot of the stars. And so I am really trying to get into tip top shape and Green Chef has definitely been working because whether you're looking for carb conscious or gluten free, that's me, I'm doing gluten free right now, whether you want plant based or calorie conscious options, you've got it all. These flavorful, good-for-you recipes that are sure to satisfy. I know I mentioned it's easy, but it really is. It, it kind of like you save all this time because Green Chef takes care of your meal planning for you. You don't have to do the grocery shopping. And you don't even have to prep for the week. It's all right there delivered to your door. And ah, it's easy easy, especially when you're somebody like me in the kitchen who already has trouble to begin with. I want to mention that um, Green Chef, by the way, is now owned by HelloFresh. And with a wider array of meal plans to choose from, there's some for everybody. So I switch between the brands and now you guys can enjoy both of them and that discount with me. Go to greenchef.com slash cat130 and use code CAT130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. Greenchef.com slash CAT130 and use code CAT130 to get $130 off. Hey guys, it's me, Chriselle Lim, co-founder and CMO of Umo. As a busy working parent myself, I felt like there was a lack of options for parents and I personally needed more support. So that's what we're doing here on Being Bumo. We're here to make your life easier, a little less stressful, and help you navigate through this complex thing called parenting. So subscribe now to Being Bumo at applepodcast.com slash beingbumo or wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, gotta go. See you guys soon. 
by the way, you know, what's interesting to me about your story mm-hmm. is to go back to those, you know, <laughs> the beginning when you started to challenge the system mm-hmm. and you were like, hold on, wait a minute. You challenged the industry. Mm. That very much makes you a disruptor in many ways right. and, and almost even before your time a little bit because now obviously the industry has shifted so very so much good. and it's so mm-hmm. much more inclusive and hallelujah, right? Right. But at the time, it probably felt like you were fighting on your own for this and you were very much just picking up the phone and calling people and I'm going to give you this and then I right. got a discount over here and you got all these great <laughs> ideas. But at the same time, you mentioned I had an eating disorder. I mm-hmm. suffered from body dysmorphia. So on the one hand, there has to be this sense of like self-loathing or you were struggling or suffering so very much, but then you had the wherewithal to still forge a path for yourself. Can you describe what that was like? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting juxtaposition because Mm -hmm. people, I think, assume when someone has an eating disorder, body dysmorphia, you can't be confident or you can't be ambitious or you're so wrapped up in worrying about your size. You can absolutely wake up in the morning and look at yourself and be like, ugh, I look disgusting. I wish I was thinner. I would pull back my skin. I would measure, you know, so many multiple parts of my body and have it all written down in a book. At the same time, I was still like, I want to be successful. You know, I want a different life. I want to get out of my small town. I want things. And I didn't realize that clearly having that mindset did hold me back for a long time because I was failing at becoming a model when I was trying to be like the other models that I saw that were successful. Mm -hmm. I could never be Adriana Lima, you know, I looked up to her and I had her as my body goals and I I wanted to run on the treadmill eight kilometers a day to try and think that one day I could get her body. That's not my body. I will never make it. So I had that drive still and I weirdly did have self-confidence. I knew because I had a taste for it, I was a good model. I could move well. I, you know, I could pull different shapes and different emotions. And so it is an interesting juxtaposition. And I think that's why there are so many un undiagnosed cases of eating disorders because we imagine what that looks like someone who's frail someone who's so insecure that they it it does not always look like that Mm. and there are many many people and I'm so grateful for people like Tess Holiday coming forward and talking about anorexia in larger bodies and I'm so grateful for people talking about having bulimia and other eating disorders that are very very shrouded in shame and are not talked about and could be just My grandma had bulimia and I never knew. And she would go off to the bathroom every time we ate and no one talked about it. And then I was like, when I started learning about eating disorders, I was like, wow, this whole time she was going through something that was completely undiagnosed and we normified it and we just didn't think she needed any help. So I think that unfortunately those stereotypes of people who have eating disorders is very damaging Mm. because it means that people do not go and seek help. Yeah, totally. Like we want to keep these definitions and boxes of what Mm. to look for and what to see. And in some ways it can be healthy, right? Because you know when the warning signs are there, what to look for. Right. But there's also a a plethora of warning signs that aren't talked about. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, go right alongside with what you're saying is confidence and and pushing through and and still having a very high drive to succeed and, and show your body. And there can be these underlying things that people are going through all the time. So thanks for clarifying that because I think that's a really important point. Absolutely. And it goes through with so many other things in life. You know, you feel like your your career is really great, but inside Mm. maybe you're not feeling so confident. For sure. Or you're projecting a great healthy relationship and Mm -hmm. and you're fighting at night in the bedroom. Yeah. So 
it it applies to so many different things. Yeah. Well, and it goes back to that subject of self-love, which mm-hmm. I know is very much your mission <laughs> and campaign and your TED Talks and and the the messaging that you're putting into the world. So regardless of the skin you're in, how do we learn self-love? And I, I love that, you know, it sounds, we hear self-love today, we're self-care today, you know, people throw that around a lot. What have you learned about the practice of self-love? Because I know you also give a lot of advice for people, again, regardless of where you come from or your socioeconomic level or what age you are, many of us. And again, I don't care if you're on the cover of the magazines or if you're married to David Beckham. I don't know. Probably Victoria, probably. Maybe, you know, she is human. She, I'm sure, has her days. So, mm-hmm. so how do you kind of get to the root of that? And how do you start untangling the negative self-talk? Absolutely. I would say the first recognition and thing that you can do is understand what narrative you're playing in your head about how you feel about yourself. What is your story? What are you carrying every day that is determining how you feel about yourself? And you, for me, the first step of doing that is getting in front of the mirror and giving yourself eye contact. I've done this a lot with a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds, a lot of different places in their lives. And I would say that 90% of people, when I ask them, can you tell me three things about yourself? A negative, like really unkind things. Or people are completely speechless and have no idea what to say. They can't find anything. And there was one, I was here in Santa Monica and I was doing a National Eating Disorder Awareness Walk. And there was a very vocal guy who was like a huge advocate for male eating disorders because it's not talked about much. And he was a bit feisty and he kind of just said, it's not fair. You have this huge platform. My story is important too. And I was like, of course, let's talk a little bit deeper about this. And I got him in front of the mirror. It's like, you've got a lot to say. Would you start off by giving yourself eye contact and tell me five things that you love about yourself? Dead silent, dead silent. And then he got really emotional. I was like, are you okay? And he said, I've just never done this before. I was like, how wild is that, you know, to spend 30 years in a body with yourself and have potentially never connected and ask how you feel about yourself or ask yourself what you love about yourself. So I said to him, well, I've known you about 15 minutes. I'll have a crack. (laughs) You'll very passionate about what you believe in. You want to be part of a community. You're willing to speak up when things are uncomfortable. You are driven and you have a lot of drive (laughs) and you're funny. He, you know, he cracked some jokes and he made some people laugh. I was like, five things about you, but I know in 15 minutes are positive things about you. And he really cried then. And he said, I can't believe that. I wasn't even that nice to you. (laughs) I was like, it's not about that. I was like, we all have something special. We all have gifts. Um, we all have a purpose. And he said, I think what I'm struggling with is that I lost my brother. He committed suicide. And ever since then, I've been trying to fight so hard to get his story out there because I want to help other people. I was like, that's that's wonderful. And I'm so, so happy for you. But are you, how do you feel about that? Have you unpacked it? Are you carrying that with you? Do you feel like you failed him? So now when you look at yourself, That's the narrative that you have for yourself and you don't have kind words for yourself because you are carrying that guilt. So we unpacked it all. And I was like, okay, I'm glad we talked. We talked and talked and we kind of refreshed, right? We went to a reset and I was like, now can you create a new narrative for yourself? What are those kind words going to be? What are those pillars that give you your self-worth going to be? So he was able to. And that for me is a huge practice 
it really is like a whole reset for your soul if you can do that. So anyone listening to this, anyone who is feeling a little bit lost, needs to reconnect to themselves, give yourself eye contact Mm -hmm. and see what you're currently saying to yourself. And you do have the power to change those words. All right, guys, back in a minute. All right, here's the truth. I am forever painting my house, the interior walls. If you've followed me on social media, you know I have a very light colored house with this off white tone throughout. My house is a ranch. It's kind of very Palm Springs inspired. It's classic California. But the fact of the matter is I have three dogs, two teenage boys, and I'm constantly um, updating it and, and touching it up. I discovered Claire, and I want to tell you about this because I have never had an easier paint experience ever. Claire is a new online paint brand that makes paint shopping so simple. They take the hassle out of going to the store um, and really makes everything easy from picking your colors to, gosh, they have this this service where you get these peel and stick paint swatches when you order the paint. They're an exact match to the paint color and the finish so you can instantly see what colors work best in your space. You just peel it and you stick it. And regardless of how much I'm painting, I'm definitely not an expert. So from the products to inspiration to tips and tutorials, Claire is literally a one-stop shop. It's also a female-founded company. Its founder and CEO also happens to be an interior designer, so that's cool. Visit Claire at www.claire.com slash cat to get started. Use my code cat to receive $5 off your first gallon of paint. That's www.claire.com slash cat with code cat for $5 off. I got this beautiful warm shade of white. It's called Whipped. So if you're in the department for something in that world, maybe you can get what I did. Enjoy. And now back to It Sure Is a Beautiful Day. In your TED Talk, you talk about this practice Mm -hmm. and how you encourage anybody who's looking at themselves in the mirror to say things that they like about themselves that might not be physical. Absolutely. And I think that that touches on body neutrality, which is mm. something that I'm I'm really pumped about because it's very yes. new to me and it's a little bit easier to digest mm-hmm. where if you're in a bad place with your image or yourself, it's hard to go to the polar opposite, which mm-hmm. is loving and positive and to be neutral and factual about what your body can do for you, which which I love Mm -hmm. that you talk about. Like, I love that my legs allow me to run and I love running and it gives me peace and it releases my stress. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I love that you brought that up. And I think that that's also some a place to start for people. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know if you watched the Euphoria episode where Kat had this really powerful scene where people were just shouting, love yourself, love yes, yourself. Love yes. And it's, it feels like that on social media sometimes. Uh-huh. And there are times when I'm like, oh, did I contribute to that? But I was like, that was just my delivery of how I had to do it for me, for my journey and how I was speaking to my community. But I agree, seeing someone like me who is able-bodied, who is white, who is on the beach, you know, being like, I love my, you know, thick thighs and da, da, 
that's not going to relate to everyone. That's potentially even going to be triggering for some people. So I 100% agree. Body neutrality could be a wonderful place for some people to start and just do that research on and figure out what works for you. But I think that's still being self-aware enough to be able to look at yourself, give yourself that connection and be like, how do I feel about myself? Do I just need to be completely neutral and be very factual and be like, thank you body for these abilities? Yeah. You mm. know? How much harm are we doing? I think about self-talk and I, mm. I actually am thinking of a text I got this morning. I had posted oh. a, a picture. I'm probably outing my friends at this moment because it is <laughs> on my social media, but I had posted a picture. This was like a couple years ago. Mm. We were all on vacation. We were all in our bikinis. We were all in bed and it was a really fun, like goofy girly moment. Sounds wonderful. And I was like, oh, flashback Friday. And and my friend hit me up. She's like, oh my God, I remember that was so fun. I love this picture. And then the last thing she said is, God, my thighs are so fat. Like literally that's what she said. And mm -hmm. I I saw that and I I and I I didn't respond because I think I was on my way here and I was running late, mm -hmm. but I thought it's that, like that beautiful moment. Mm -hmm. And you know, and re recalling beautiful emotions about an, an experience, but yet we are we are programmed to Pick out that itty bitty thing that she is that she still sees when she sees that picture about herself. As friends and as a community, how how can we do our part to turn that volume down a little bit or change the narrative for even our friends? If you know, if it's not even for ourselves, but how do we help one another? There's definitely multiple different ways to approach a scenario like that. There's and it depends how you are currently feeling in yourself. If you are also still struggling, you could choose to ignore it, you know, choose to subject change or pivot. You could reply and obviously say, oh, that was one of my most famous memories. You made me laugh so much that day, you know, and value something else about her that is not physical. Two, you could choose to make this a, a teaching moment, an educational moment where you could be like, hey, you know, I love you. And I love those thighs of yours because again, you know, it enabled us to be on this fun beach and do these activities and da, da, da. Three, there's being a little bit more, I don't know how to say it, not calling out, but just being like, hey, you know, that could have triggered me too. And I want to tell you how I feel when I see a comment like that. It makes me evaluate how I feel about my body, which is potentially detrimental. You know, as a friend, why don't we work together about challenging that language? And here are some ways that, you know, I try not to view myself like that. But what I will say is to that friend, how can we not think like that? When every media headline, every article, I mean, growing up, it's gotten a tad better, but there are still articles out there about like, Ugh, yuck, look at that beach body or she's let herself go or what happened? Oh my goodness. Have you seen this whale on the beach? Like, I can't believe people are allowed to use that language about other humans. And as a society grow up seeing that really it, we're told as women that our value is based upon our appearance, yeah, like plain and simple. And we are made to feel insecure often by brands who want to sell us something to fix or change. And, you know, it's really hard to unlearn that. And what I've definitely witnessed is, you know, my mother's generation and people above that, it's almost impossible to change that now. It feels like it's almost like too late <sighs> because it's so ingrained. And, you know, my mom, even though every time I try and help her with her language, mm -hmm. will still be like, oh, oh, I saw Katie's mom. She's lost so much weight. She looks great. Mm -hmm. And that 
to her is a positive thing. Right. And it's really hard for her to unlearn and unattach that and figure out why that then impacts how she feels about herself and how her friend is then seeing that, oh, being slimmer gives me more value. My friends, you know, think that I'm doing something positive. Let me continue down whatever road that might be, unhealthy or not. So we've got a lot of work to do. And I definitely think as a, a parent now, I feel an immense pressure, but also an opportunity, like an exciting opportunity to be like, I think I can do better for my child. Even, you know, he's not even two, right? But I am so hyper aware of him around food and never telling him he has to finish his plate, never telling him you can have a treat if you do X, Y, Z, unattaching emotions to food. So hopefully he doesn't learn the way I've had to unlearn when I'm deserving of a treat of, you know, a sweet thing or da, 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 and attaching emotions. So when I'm down, I think I need to crave that treat because, you know, it's it's a lot. There's a lot to unlearn. It is a lot to unlearn, isn't it? It is a lot to unlearn. Don't move. It sure is a beautiful day. We'll be right back. You guys know I'm always talking about my favorite supplements and vitamins and powders and potions, all the things to live my life optimally. So I wanted to share with you what I have been taking lately. You've heard me talk about it right here on the show. It's Rituals Essential Protein. It's a delicious plant-based protein powder with three distinct formulas designed to meet your body's changing protein needs. Bet you didn't think about that. Firstly, I should mention that it's so easy to incorporate this into your daily ritual like I do. You simply add water, you shake it, and you sip it. This has got just the good stuff. No added sugar, no sugar alcohols. It is soy-free, gluten-free, and non-GMO. So there you go. You're already putting goodness into your body there. You can be sure of that. What I love about essential protein from Ritual is that you can choose from three thoughtful formulas depending upon where you are in your life. They've got the Daily Shake 18 Plus. It's got a complete amino acid profile. You've got the Daily Shake 50 Plus that adds some calcium HMB to the mix, which helps build and maintain muscle mass. You've got the Daily Shake Pregnancy and Postpartum, which is formulated with extra nutrient support to meet the demands of pregnancy and lactation. I got to mention too, it does taste great. Not all protein powders do. It's delicious. It's handcrafted. It's got this vanilla flavor from sustainably harvested Madagascar vanilla bean extract. Are you ready to shake up your protein ritual? My listeners get 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com. That's slash cat. Ritual.com slash cat. Ritual even offers a money-back guarantee if you are not 100% in love. Visit ritual.com slash cat today for 10% off your first three months. And now, back to the episode. I'm just curious what your relationship is with social media and just how toxic... It, mm-hmm. it can be and how we can all do our part to try and make it a more loving, supportive environment versus a terrible, right. sad, depressing one. 
it's it's out of control. It, it really is. It's out of control in the sense that it's wonderful that we have, everyone has access to it, which is empowering. It can be a tool used for good. It can help you create your own empire. You know, I definitely would not be where I am today without it. But also the fact it's out of control. It's like there are no protective boundaries and you have to figure out how you can do that for yourself. Unfortunately, we all know the rates of teen suicide have increased. That's almost purely down to social media. So that's really terrifying. And my biggest weapon to try and fight that is to do social media audits of yourself. So see who you're following. And if you're going through accounts and that person doesn't make you feel great or you feel like you're comparing yourself to them, block them. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be afraid to do it. Like literally just block that account and go through and just block everything and follow and there are, there are amazing, wonderful people who are going to empower you, who are going to inspire you, who are going to educate you that you can follow. And you're going to need to do that audit quite often because unfortunately the algorithm will also highlight things your friends and other people you follow are watching. And so it sometimes ends up pushing things to you that you aren't going to want to see and that could be triggering or, you know, could be detrimental to your mental health. So keep doing those audits, keep thinking, you know what? I like my feed when it's filled with dogs, when it's filled <laughs> with nature, when it's filled with a comedian, you know. So try to focus on only really connecting with that content. You know, if the more you comment, like, spend time on a certain type of content, it will get shown to you more. So as powerless as you can feel, you do have some power and you have to try and use that. You know, restrict comments, have banned words, do whatever you need to do because it's unrealistic to say, just quit social media, have no part in it. That's, it's unrealistic. Maybe you can, maybe you can go cold turkey. Maybe that's, you know, a wonderful lifestyle choice for you. <laughs> I think in this day and age, a lot of business, a lot of opportunity can be had on social media if you know how to use it the right way. And it can be a tool for good. Like we said, I can be very inspired. I mean, there's certain things I never would have known. I wouldn't have known about you know, a refugee from Sudan and her journey and what she went through will be able to follow that. And, yeah. you know, there's wonderful things that can happen on there. Just try and take the reins, take control and don't get lost in it. Oh, I love that because sometimes I, I feel like you just saying that now makes me feel like I can give myself permission to filter through my own feed, Absolutely. which it's like a weird social construct. I'm mm. like, well, if I unfollow that person, what if they see that? And then they think <laughs> I'm mad at them and then, and then they're not going to follow me back. And then what am I going to lose more? <laughs> what are the numbers? And now are they going to like it? What's my ratio? What's so, my ratio? <laughs> what's my ratio? <laughs> you know, that thing. But yeah, it's, I, I love that. It's so small. Give yourself permission to like filter through what mm. you see. Mm -hmm. Permission. I deserve it's that. It's your permission. social media yeah, account. Yeah, yeah. It's not owned by anyone else mm -hmm. but you. Mm -hmm. And I would even add to that something that helped me is, mm. you know, I think screens in general can deplete our energy. And I, again, mm. I'm coming from a different generation. So I know life before and yes. I know life now. And yeah. I couldn't put my finger on why every time I would start my scrolling, you know, Physically, I would start feeling different. Mm. And so I would just invite people to pay attention yeah. to how you feel when you are on these platforms. Like it, it, even beyond who and what you're consuming, what you're eating, essentially, what you're digesting. It's mm. like, you know, it's in your bones if it's if it's good, if it allows you to 
if it's, you know, inspiring or aspiring or whatever the things are, like you kind of know and pay attention to that because that's self-love and self-care very much too, if you can identify that. And there's productive time and unproductive time. And we need, we we do need time as humans, I think, to sort of switch off and, Mm -hmm. and have that time. But how much time are you allocating to that? We all have I believe goals, things we want in life, ideas of success or what that would look like for us. For me, social media scrolling is one of the most detrimental things that you can do if you do have goals and do have a focus because it takes time away from being productive. So I have a create and consume ratio. Obviously, I have to be on social media. I have Mm -hmm. to create content. You know, it is part of what I do and I'm very grateful for that. But I make sure that I'm creating more than I'm consuming because I'm not going to not consume because I do want to see what my friends are doing. I do want to be inspired. I do want to get ideas. But I try and make sure that I create more than I consume and just being aware of that because essentially how I feel while I'm consuming sometimes is I'm investing time into into Instagram. I should be investing time into me. Uh, if I'm spending, can I get a preaching yeah. and amen for that? That's yes, good. Yes, That's yes, good. good. I'm gonna live by that now. I'm telling you right now, shook to my core. I've invested two hours it. into Instagram tonight. Uh, what if I invested two hours into learning a new language? Oh my god! Or in you know trying a new workout or. I know, flipping dye my eyebrows. Looking I, at myself in the mirror. Yeah. And saying just what I like with about my myself kid. for 15 minutes versus yeah. the scrolling. Yeah. It, oh. Time disappears when you're scrolling. It does. Just poof. And it's I think gone. that's the addicting part of it for yeah. me. And we're robbed. Yeah. We are we're robbed. robbed. Life is precious. It and is. I can tell your ratio is working because you've created <laughs> a business. Tell us more about the saltair evolution like what what gave you the idea how did you know that you know body mm-hmm. care was going to be yes. part of your business well as i said body care it touches your whole body and what i will say is when when i was going through postpartum and when i was you know in one of my deepest darkest times i stopped showering it sounds like a weird thing and maybe something people don't want to admit but sometimes you just can't even bring yourself to shower. Been there. Been there. You know, you're mm-hmm. just feeling messy and you're in that place and there is nothing more empowering than cleansing yourself. And the shower was a bit of a sanctuary. It was a, a place to cry, it was a place to escape a crying baby. It was a space just for me to be like, "Wait, I'm still here." Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm still alive. Yeah. <laughs> Let me rinse off and try and just like put some real clothes on and go out there and remember who I am. So for me, I was like, I think that that moment is really special. And I think it's very overlooked. I think we grab those boring old body washes that we've just used to having because maybe they're, you know, on discount or on offer and we just throw them all over our body and just towel off and go. Can we make that an escape? Can we make it a tropical oasis with beautiful fragrances? Can we put skincare ingredients into something that has never done anything for us before? So the aim and vision of Solterre is to gift people a spa-like moment in their shower at a really affordable price point and give them products that are actually going to be skin loving because I want people to touch their skin. I want them to be connected to their body and have those special moments for them and know that their body, their whole body deserves just as much attention as this tiny little face we have. You know, we have this face that gets 12 steps of skincare (laughs) and then like our bodies just have nothing. (laughs) So it's like, okay, I want to create these bathing rituals 
And my business partner, Ben, he's Thai. And so he talks about these gorgeous bathing rituals that they have there and these exotic ingredients and botanicals that are just so inspiring and uplifting and luxurious. And it's like, let's do it. Let's put the two things together. So like with my mission and what I believed and, you know, his whole experience of knowing formulations, we were able to come together and create Saltaire. And it's really just beginning because we have our body serum washes but we're going to go and branch into body lotions. Mm, and that we was have... going to be my question. <laughs> okay, lotions. We got the wash and the lotion. Mm-hmm. Anything else? I love a good scrub. Maybe a good scrub. Oh. Scrubs keep me in the bath extra long. Scrub could be coming. I'm a request. Oh, <laughs> the scents are amazing. Mm. I have... Um, Super sensorial. Yes. The the citrus. Is it Blossom? Orange Blossom? What's the name of the one I have? It's the Exotic orange bottle. Exotic Pulp. Thank you. Yes. Oh, like passion cool fruit oils. Mm-hmm. It's so juicy. Yeah. That. And you also have a fragrance free one, right? We do have fragrance Which free. It's nice for people who maybe are super sensitive or Absolutely. they're going through something else where they can't have a fragrance on their skin. Yeah. And, you know, we the tagline is everybody's welcome here. So yes. we couldn't not do a fragrance free. There are Every some people who just body. aren't into fragrance, but for me, I'm so passionate about that that moment in the shower and we wanted to create, you know, six different fragrances because they would speak to different people and for just different times in your life. Like I want exotic pulp in the morning because it's energizing, it's zesty, it's juicy, it's uplifting. But then maybe I want Santal Bloom because it's a little bit more seductive with the sandalwood and those creamy notes. So I want to put that and, you know, wear that for date night. Yes. And we have like very gender neutral fragrances as well. Like Laguna is just very fresh. It has coconut water. It feels like you're just kind of like running into a deep ocean. And then we also have Lush Greens, which is that fresh. It's got juicy pear and dewy leaves. And like you just feel like you're in a moment. It, it take, always takes you to a moment in your past. Yeah. That's what I feel like fragrance is, which is really special. Yes. And then we have Black Tide, which again is our probably most masculine fragrance, which maybe some people weren't expecting. But again, everybody is welcome. We wanted to speak to everyone and like, Philip is obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely obsessed. He's just going through them. Oh, oh my gosh. So well, and you can go through them because they're sustainable packaging. That's it hey, as well. Hey, hey, She's got a job. She's hey, like, yo. get her on the team, guys. Yes. You can run through well, them. congratulations on, on the Thank business you. piece. You're doing it all. You got a toddler. You're launching a business. Yes. You're living in a pandemic. Yes. You know, you're, you're doing so, so very much. And I know that your advice and your shares today are going to be comforting for audience who's so into this type of thing. I think the last thing I would just ask you is mm. what is your idea of a beautiful day? Ooh, honestly, it would be being productive because I really do love what I do. I love building Saltaire, but being able to check off at 3.30 when my toddler wakes up from his nap and taking him to the park and walking and pushing him on the swing and seeing his little smile and then cooking dinner. I love to cook and I feel like I neglected it for a long time. I actually for a, a partial time had some help I had um, this wonderful woman called Mari come and help cook some meals four days a week, just four dinners. And I really missed cooking. And I was like, you know what, Philip, I need to make time to do that because I absolutely love cooking. And I want to sit down and have that meal with my family and have that time. So I make time for that every day. And then I do really enjoy putting my toddler to bed, (laughs) reading some books and sitting on the couch and catching up with Philip. We try to lead quite separate lives in the day so we can be productive and He has his space, which is very important. I mean, who knew? We were in a long-distance relationship. I did find out I was pregnant. We moved in together. Then the pandemic happened. 
Luckily, we get on like a house on fire and we do, we literally never argue because he's so chill and he puts up with my Virgo ness very, very well. Ah, Virgo. Virgos. 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 Four out of five of the ladies That's in the room, Virgos. Okay. And so I like to sit down with him and be like, how was your day? And really talk. And then yeah. we, you know, usually sometimes watch a show, but we try to be in bed by like 9 30, 10. And it's a great life. That's a, a great, great life, life and a great day. Thank you again, Eskra, so, so very much. So great getting to know you. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And a reminder, you can catch a brand new episode of It Sure Is a Beautiful Day every Tuesday. Please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And of course, I'd love to hear from you. So leave me a rating and leave me a review. Also, follow us on social media for all the behind-the-scenes action and more info. That's at I am Kat Sadler on Instagram and at ABD with Kat. Talk to you next Tuesday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.